Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is the last week of May. So we know some of you are really heading into the end of the school year. Some of you might even be out of school, which is exciting for you. Others who are listening are like, are you freaking kidding me? I've got two or three weeks left. I'm jealous of you. Um, But it totally depends on where you live. It's wild, all the different times that people get out of school. Um, So because of that, we didn't want to just give you like another strategy to use because you might not be in the classroom right now, or it might be the end of the year, you're wrapping things up, you don't need something else. So what we want to talk about today are reasons that engagement should be a top priority in your classroom. We all know that, um, but I think it's helpful to have this conversation because we also want to be able to have this conversation with our admins or our principals who are like, well, why are you doing this activity in your classroom? Well, it's because of these reasons that we're going to talk about today. Um, Before we dive in, though, speaking of engagement, I just want to remind you, if you haven't seen it or signed up for it yet, we are hosting our June professional development workshop series come June 15th. We have a whole pop-up Facebook group that we're doing, um, and it's all about three steps that we teach our EB teachers inside of our membership that Jessica and I used in our own teaching experiences, but three proven steps to finally cover all of the ELA standards and actually engage your students in their learning. We want them to truly master the content and increase their learning outcomes. But how do we do that? How do we do that effectively? How do you do that if you have 42-minute class periods, right? How do you do that if you say there isn't enough time to cover everything in the school year, right? Time and time again, these are constantly the same struggles that we see teachers face when we send out a survey. What are you struggling with? Struggling with fitting it all in, struggling with engaging my students. I'm struggling to increase my students' learning outcomes. Like for the past five, six years, every time we send out a survey, those are the top three. And that's exactly why we put this particular professional development series together for you guys um, is to really help you nail that so that you can actually cover all of the ELA standards because it's possible, right? So that you can actually engage your students and increase those test scores, right? We see it time and time again with our EB Teachers Club members inside of our membership, and we want to be able to share that with you. So we would love to have you join us. It's a free workshop series. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement, you can reserve your seat, sign up, um, and then the Facebook group and everything happens starting on June 15th. Replays will be available, all that stuff. So we'd love to have you come join us. Um, we're super excited to to share this particular topic. It's something that Jessica and I are both extremely passionate about. Um, we wrote a, a book about it, which is you know a number. It was a number one Amazon new release bestseller. Um, so it's something that's really, really uh, special and important to us. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. So if you've ever felt like part of your job as a teacher is being a cruise director in the classroom, this episode is going to be for you, right? When you think about it, 
there's a lot of similarities between the jobs. Okay. Just like a cruise director plans and coordinates fun and games for the guests, you too plan and coordinate lessons and activities for your students, right? Both jobs require that equal amount of creativity and organization because you want to make sure that everyone has a good time. And both teachers and cruise directors are in charge of wrangling a bunch of people, right? Cruise directors have to deal with the entertainers, all the people on vacation, while you have to deal with a room full of middle schoolers and they're hopped up on soda and they're flaming hot Cheetos and you're dealing with their parents. You're wrangling a bunch of people as well. The flaming hot Cheetos. I love it. <laughs> so both teachers and cruise directors really need to be great communicators, right? Cruise directors have to explain the ship's schedule, the activities to guests, while you as a teacher have to explain the difference between theme and topic to students who would rather be playing video games, right? How do we like pull them into what we're doing, right? Both jobs require quick thinking and conflict resolution skills. Cruise directors have to deal with seasickness. I mean, frankly, sometimes you have to deal with sickness in the classroom too. <laughs> they have to deal with lost luggage, unhappy guests. You get to deal with rude emails from parents, missing work, students who might be fighting. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. Both teachers and cruise directors also strive to make their audience happy. So cruise directors want guests to have the time of their lives, right? That's why people are paying to go on vacation. Well, you really want your students to learn. You want them to grow, right? That's why you probably went into the profession was to impact students' lives. And let's face it, that all of these responsibilities that you as a teacher face, in addition to actually teaching, can be a lot like trying to juggle while riding like a unicycle on a tightrope in a hurricane, right? Like it's a disaster, okay? It's a lot to manage. But today, we're making the argument that when you focus on elevating one particular thing in your classroom, you get to reap the benefits both in and outside of school. And I think that's key what you just said, Caitlin, focusing on one thing. There is a ton to think about as teachers, but we're going to focus today just on engagement. And when we can focus on engagement and make it a top priority in the classroom, it's a complete game changer because then other things start to change as well. And we do want to note that, you know, yes, we're going to assume that you're already focused on your standards. You're teaching the things you're supposed to be teaching in class. You're making sure they're rigorous. So assuming you're doing that, then we can focus on engagement. So we want to take a look at what happens when you view all your lessons through the lens of making sure that they're engaging. Yeah. And I want to just like point out that this whole concept of this like singularity of focus, right? When we get really good at one thing there's a ripple effect that impacts other things, right? So like you said, it can be very hard because there's a lot that we get to deal with as teachers, right? However, when we focus just on engagement, and you're going to see this when we share all of these points, is that the ripple effects of having this focus is profound. So if you're like, oh my, I want to focus on all of these different things, right? Come back to this, come back to engagement for the reasons that we're going to talk about. And you'll start to see like, oh yeah, that falls into place because I did that. Oh yeah, that falls into place because I had this singularity of focus. So the first one, which is probably very clear to you, but also I think incredibly worth noting is that when we have engagement as that singularity of focus, we have increased student participation, 
right? When lessons are engaging, students are more likely to pay attention, period. Like they're more likely to participate. And really, they're more likely to retain information because they are engaged, right? This means that you are more likely to see positive results in student learning outcomes. Students are going to try harder. They're going to stick with a challenging concept when they are engaged in the material, which means that you'll see growth in their work. And in fact, one of our EV teachers, I can't remember her name off of the top of my head. And actually, it's been quite a few who've said a similar story that one of their students who never participated in class, who, you know, didn't do well, you know, was always struggling in her ELA class when she incorporated one of our um, escape rooms, that particular student was engaged in their learning. They were showing up. They solved the puzzle first. They didn't want to go to PE. They wanted to stay in ELA class. Think about what that learning experience does for that student's sense of self, that student's confidence, that student's ability to want to be there, to want to participate, to see growth because now, hey, they're actually engaged in what they're doing, right? It's an incredibly positive impact. So number one, is increased student participation. Number two, improved classroom management. So when you think about it, engaging lessons can help reduce classroom disruptions and improve behavior management because students are more focused and they're less likely to become bored or restless, right? If they're having fun, they're in the middle of a game of knockout or an escape room or whatever the activity is, they're not going to be saying, can I go to the bathroom? I need some water. I forgot something. I don't feel well. None of that's going to happen because they're engaged. So this reason alone, the improved classroom management, honestly, I think it's enough to start wanting to view your lessons through the engagement lens. Yeah. Students aren't going to be goofing off. They're not going to be distracting others when they're in the middle of a game and they want their team to win. Their classmates aren't going to put up with it, frankly. So it's like you almost don't have to manage the class. They're managing themselves. Mm -hmm. And again, like Caitlin brought up those teachers who are experiencing these successes in the classroom. We hear from teachers all the time too saying like, oh, my seventh period class, they're the tough ones, but not today. Today, they were all focused. They were all engaged. What a difference it made. Yep. Someone even actually posted that in our private Facebook group like last week. A few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And something about that too that just popped into my head is like, Think about even as an adult, when we're listening to a speaker, if the speaker is not engaging, what do we do? We start to talk to the person next to us. We start to get up to go to the bathroom. We distract other people in doing that. Like, And we're adults <laughs> in an adult setting and probably a professional setting. And we are participating in that behavior, right? Think about our students. Like we got to engage them. Like we get to do this as teachers. And again, like Jessica said, like This is the singularity of focus of if we do engagement, all of these positive things start to happen, including that improved classroom behavior from our students. So number three is enhanced teacher creativity. So developing engaging lessons simply requires just a certain amount of creativity, a certain amount of experimentation, and that's going to help you develop new skills and ideas that you can use in future lessons. So This keeps things fresh for you, right? It keeps things exciting. It helps you actually look forward to Monday mornings because you're pumped about a mock trial that you're trying, right? Or a Socratic seminar that you've created. Planning innovative lessons like that really leads us into the benefit of number four, which is... It's higher teacher job satisfaction. Like, wouldn't that be nice? When your lessons are engaging... 
you are more likely to feel fulfilled and satisfied with your work, which then leads to more positive attitude, greater job satisfaction. So when you think about it, teaching comes with a bunch of areas that are draining. You have your unsupportive admin. You've got demanding parents. You have a lack of subs for when you're truly out sick. These things you often can't control. Instead, focus on what you can control, what you can change. And that's increasing the engagement of your lessons. You know, those mornings when like, you're just excited to go into the classroom, Caitlin, you kind of touched on this, but like, I think back to when I knew it was dress up day for the Westing game and we were all coming in costumes and we were going to play the board game clue. And we were going to like find out some really big reveals from the novel. I was pumped to go to work. I was waking up early. I was just like, I couldn't wait for my students to come in the classroom because I knew it was an awesome lesson. I wanted it to start. Those are the days when you like, you hope your principal comes into your classroom to see all the fun that you're having. Those days keep you happy. They keep you going because you know, your students are thriving. They're making memories because of something that you've planned. So if we live for those days as teachers, then why not have as many of them as possible? And they don't have to be these big elaborate things. Like a few episodes ago, we talked about how using music in the classroom is a way to add engagement. That's really simple and it can still make class fun and exciting for you to go into. And then you're satisfied with your day. You're satisfied with your career. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that mic drop. <laughs> That's it. Forget about the other ones. Just we don't it. need to keep going. <laughs> um, this also gives you greater autonomy. Okay. So when you are able to create and implement engaging lessons, you have more autonomy over your work. And to Jessica's point, like that increases job satisfaction, that reduces stress, that reduces anxiety. So if you're at a school where you are required to use scripted materials or stick to what curriculum is provided, you know, maybe you have to be on page 42 with all of the other teachers, like whatever it is. Yes, that's your circumstance. Maybe you can't change that, but what can you change? What can you control? Okay, well, let's look for areas where maybe you can add in some creativity, right, of your own, like bring that autonomy somehow. I'm a little bit of a envelope pusher, like I'm going to do whatever I want to do type thing, you know, what, like I'm a rebel. And maybe you have a little bit of that in you at heart that you want to be able to nurture and create that on autonomy for yourself. How can you incorporate some engagement and creativity into what you have to do or you're required to do? So maybe it's using the provided textbook questions but you're using them maybe in an investigation trail or in a silent debate instead of just as written responses like it's suggested in the textbook. So maybe you have something that you have to do, but how can you create that autonomy for yourself by bringing engagement in, right? That engagement is the key question that we get to ask ourselves. How can this be engaging? The next reason that engagement should truly be a top priority in your classroom is Improved teacher-student relationships. When you have engaging lessons, it can really help build positive relationships between you and your students because your students are more likely to feel connected to the material, connected to you. They're appreciative, hopefully, of the time that you put into creating these lessons. So I want you to think of those end-of-year notes that you've received. I know you have them. You probably have them saved in your drawer at work or at home. The ones from students where they tell you how much fun they had in your class or how doing a certain project was just really exciting or memorable for them. You keep those, right? Because they make you feel good. They remind you of those good times in your classroom. 
So what if you were strategic about making more of those lessons, doing them more consistently in your classroom? I'm not saying that so that you receive more notes, but if we think back to why we got those notes, what were we doing that made the student actually want to write them? And then can we do more of that? Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, we also have number seven, enhanced professional development. So developing engaging lessons can help you build your professional skills and knowledge, and that's going to benefit you in future job opportunities or promotions or whatever it might be, right? Or teacher of the year awards, if that's something that you really are striving for. So it's like when you go to an awesome ELA conference, right? And you come back motivated, like you're excited to try out a bunch of new strategies and new lessons and all this stuff. So what if you took all of that and actually put those into place? Instead of like what most of us do, we let the ideas just gather dust in our notebook. We're like, oh, I remember that idea somewhere. Which notebook is it in? Like 20 years later, right? Sits at the bottom of your drawer in your desk or on your bookshelf and and it just doesn't ever get brought into the world, right? But what ripple effects would happen to you and your students and you like particularly, like think about it, you were thinking about yourself in this capacity if those engaging lessons actually got put into your planner, you're creating evidence for yourself that you're the type of teacher who actually takes these ideas, these creative engaging strategies and puts them in your lessons. And when you do that, you're the type of teacher who looks forward to those engaging lessons, right? You're the type of teacher who then hypes it up for your students. You're the type of teacher who grows stronger in your role. And it's all about creating evidence through the action of actually putting them into place in your classroom. The number eight reason why engagement should be a top priority for you is improved student assessment. Engaging lessons can really help you accurately assess students' understanding and progress, and that helps you drive future instruction, right? It helps you support your students, make sure they're successful. We all know this, right, that there's multiple ways to assess students instead of just giving them a final test. So imagine the results you might see from students who actually get to show off their learning in more creative ways. Do you give them a music video project? Do you give them a one-pager, a visual essay? Do you have them record a podcast, come up with a skit, write a song? Whatever it is, when they're taking ownership of that project and showing off what they know, then you're creating this engaging environment for them. And then they get to showcase their creativity, their knowledge. Like what a wonderful situation you're building in the classroom where ultimately the ownership's on them, right? That's what we want. Our students to take accountability for their work, to grow, to succeed. And we're not just spoon feeding them with, you know, some kind of test with four choices for the answers. No, we don't want to do that. No, (laughs) that's a big no. Um, Okay. So to round it out, number nine, this is our last one, is greater impact on student learning right? Ultimately, engaging lessons can have a significant impact on student learning outcomes. And that can be a source of pride, a source of motivation for you. You know, when you get as as much as we don't want to, as much as we don't like teaching to the test, as much as we don't like the fact that there even are tests, right? When we see the test results show our actual work, right? What we've done, like that's a good feeling to know that something is measuring how well we're doing and showing that to our admin, right? That's quantitative versus a qualitative, you know, random observation, right? So it's just like that reassurance for us. And when your students get results, when they are meeting and exceeding the standards, and more importantly, when that's happening, they're developing this lifelong love of learning, 
because of the engaging environment that you provided in your classroom. So it's the impact, right? That word of impact that so many of us as teachers came into this profession for that want to see happen in our classrooms. Engaging lessons, do they just inherently do that for our students. Now, if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, this is all great. I agree with these girls. Like, it's awesome. But you're like, it's tough. It's complicated. What do I do? Remember, it doesn't have to be. So in these last few episodes, we've actually given you some really easy ways to bring engagement to the classroom. So go back if you haven't already done. So listen to episode 222 about using music or 205 about engaging activities to use with short story units, or even episode 197 is three very low prep ways that you can create defining moments in your classroom. And then I have one more for you. Episode 146, we're going to share a bunch of, ep- of ideas in that episode where we talk to you about hooking your students at the start of any unit. So if you're like, okay, I want to try this, but I need something tangible. Those episodes are great. They're simple, they're effective, and you can make it a priority in your classroom. Yeah. And at EB, you know, one of our top priorities, it's even a part of our mission statement is engagement in our lessons. Like we really wholeheartedly believe in the power of having engaging lessons and also not creating teacher burnout, right? Like that is our mission is to have engagement and rigor in your lessons while also creating and maintaining a work-life balance where you thrive outside of the classroom and also get to thrive as a teacher, right? Like love teaching again. And that's exactly what our June professional development workshop series is about that I shared at the beginning of this episode. If you're like, I want to do this engagement. How do I actually do that? Come to this workshop because it is literally going to help you put this into practice. So again, if you'd love to join us, we'd love to have you. It's ebacademics.com forward slash engagement. And we want to support you. We want to help you bring the fun and excitement back into teaching so that you actually are excited to walk into class every single day and just crush your lessons. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week on the podcast. Um, That is the end of May and come June, we have a ton of great podcast episodes coming out that we're just excited about, you know, the beginning of the summer for us here at EB, our goal is to help set you up for success for the rest of summer. So one of the things that you'll start to see us and hear us talking about is kind of batch planning at the beginning of summer. If you don't know what batch planning is, you can go to our blog, type in any former podcast episode, batch planning. There'll be a ton of stuff that comes up. But we talk about spending a little bit of time at the beginning of summer to set the rest of your summer up where you don't have to work, right? You're not thinking about school. You're not stressed out about school. Like come July 15th, you literally, nothing is on your brain. Come August 1st, even if you go back to school, like the 7th, you're still enjoying summer. Um, So be on the lookout for those episodes that are coming out in June. We're still maintaining, talking about engagement, rigor, all of that fun stuff, and also our batch planning framework. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week, this month, and uh, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Hey, everyone.